One of the great blessings I think we have in Adelaide is that the seasons are very distinctive. They take a little while to come and go as they move and transition, but we do know the distinctiveness of seasons and autumn in Adelaide is one of its finest features, certainly in this part of Adelaide as well with the uh, copious leaves that need attention, says someone who's got a big gum tree in the back garden. God is a God of all seasons and we are reminded of the cycle of the seasons that they continue, they're never static, they have a continuing reality to them and we get drawn into those seasons as they progress. I want to reflect on just a few aspects of, uh, very few aspects of the passages we've just heard. First of all, the wonderful passage from 1 Chronicles 29 that Her Excellency just read for us is the culmination of a lot of restoration work within the temple. In fact, in the uh, number of moments in which the uh, various elements of the temple, elements of gathering together into God's presence, of people bringing elements right from the time of the tabernacle on, was an event that's almost beyond words because it's not about our performance, it's not about our desire to earn any favour, but a simple desire to praise God with our hands, through our actions, through our craft, through whatever it is that we bring. And uh, it's been a delight over the last few weeks to see just so much activity and preparation going on for not just today, but to mark the whole event of our 175th anniversary. And the party's just starting, by the way, so we're going to continue. We've got a uh, first service to celebrate in March next year, and we'll be having a, uh, a dinner at that occasion. So uh, stay tuned if you'd like to continue into that, those uh, occasions. Whether you want to picture me as David with a liar, I don't play the liar, by the way, but uh, it's been a pleasure to, to, to lead people in. We're all bringing a different aspect into what is so special about today. And not just for the immediate, uh, those who are uh, present members of uh, St. Matthew's Church, but those over 175 years have all brought something and contributed to a living building, but even more importantly, a living community that has uh, taken its humble beginnings. 175 years is a not insignificant number. The gum tree in my back garden will tell you it's nothing. It's been there for hundreds of years. And in fact, this whole region, the reason that the Ghana people have a special name for it, the, the gum trees on the margins of the stream, uh, we still are surrounded by these wonderful presences. They tower over us. So we are humbled by their presence and the reality that our time in this space um, comes and goes. I did have someone, I won't name them, who did mention to me yesterday that they've seen rectors come and go. <laughs> Paused. Well, there's one who came back again, but... Uh, <laughs> second innings. But it is a, uh, a reflection that we are drawn into something so much bigger than ourselves. And in that space, at our time, at this moment, we thank God 
we celebrate. Now, God has been very generous in uh, preparing the gardens and watering things last week, <laughs> overnight, <laughs> 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, and now we have some beautiful sunlight. We are part of something that is bigger than ourselves and we celebrate that. But we also find reassurance by the coming and going of seasons. Life continues and our part within it contributes to something that's bigger than ourselves and the life of this church has contributed to something that is bigger than ourselves. As the seasons progress, we recognise they're not the same. Each has a character of their own, but also their challenges of their own. There are some times when it is the blue skies and there's a fruitfulness and the gardens are looking wonderful. There have been times where it has been so dry physically in this area, you could hear the crackling of the eucalypts and the, the great river gums who are saying, we're okay, we've got very deep roots for a good reason. And so our life as a community, as a church, has been through various seasons. Times when gathered together and the church has been full, and other times when it's been a challenge and been through the great wars and farewells and all that comes with those events. And similarly, those who are part of our community, are part of a cycle, there's those who are amongst the younger ones, the children, take a delight in flying the kites and the various different permutations of that. Sometimes I did wish with our youth group that it was just flying kites, as I heard the toll for some of our church camps and occasional little bumps and bruises and dislocations and broken arms. And I'm not looking in any direction, but they are in the room today. Um, but that's all part of our life as a church. We see children grow, baptised into the life of the church and come around and find their corners, find their space, be very much part of the church of today. St Matthew's also has a significant history of being a place where people met. There are so many people who tell me, oh, we know St Matthew's, we met at St Matthew's, we're part of the tennis club, we're part of this group and that group. I think St Matthew's has served the wider city of Adelaide exceedingly well as a place to connect people up and to meet up. And uh, we know the realities that go beyond that. We are a church who also knows how to gather together, to grieve and to, to uh, recognise a significant loss. And we also are those who, whose presence stay with us, around us, but we know have also moved into a better place, into a greater presence. If these walls, in their various different permutations and elements, could tell a story, they have seen such a rich tapestry of life and has been a home, a household of faith in that space. I love the uh, triptychs. Obviously, it's a very, very well-known one for good reason by Friedrich Pekubin, the pioneer. Initially, you think, oh, it's a big, wide landscape, but you realise it's actually three scenes. The first scene, you have the, the pioneer and his wife, both pioneers, no doubt, first arriving and thinking about 
the challenge that lies before us. How are we going to create habitation in this space? The middle one is a picture of just the arms of a child around the shoulder, developing a family in a community. The third one is, I think, the most moving, the pioneer kneeling at a gravestone or a cross. But notice in the distance, a community has gathered, a village has formed, and so that becomes the cycle that McCubbin has captured so beautifully. In our part of Adelaide, we started off on a map. There's various versions of it. Colonel Light's version just shows the grids. We should recognise first and foremost those creeks because those creeks have been here a lot longer and the Ghana people who would actually come to the narrowest point between first and second creek, which is exactly where we are back to the high school, was their camping area. It's where they would stop on their journey from the hills before they would go across to the coast and back again. And that's a theme we want to honour in our sanctuary garden, which I'll explain afterwards. And then the villages of Kensington, Bridge Street, because literally it was the bridge over the creek, High Street, Marriottville, Leebrook, began to take shape. And with the origins of Kensington... We also have our own origins as well with the, uh, the church down the end of Maysbury Street. Actually, they were six months ahead of us in terms of their first service. And then uh, the recognition that a village gathered and we were part of that village as well. This is one of the earliest sketches of uh, Kensington Road and St Matthew's in that earlier stage. Over that time we recognise that the continuity in that process isn't just through the people. It's through a God who gathers. God who, whose God's mission is to gather community. That's what honours God. We are there for each other. It's no accident that the great commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart and your soul and your mind and your strength. And how will you do that? Because you will love your neighbour as yourself. We are created for community. And in God's grace, St Matthews has contributed to the community of faith over those years. But we also recognise that that community of faith, all of our different stories, and I'm expecting many stories to be told, quite a few have been told already, it's the, uh, the energy as people arrived and caught up, so many different uh, stories of uh, the past and where things have been going and where we are now, we are drawn into a much bigger story, the greatest story, obviously. But notice this little phrase that slipped into Jesus' prayer, the night of Jesus' betrayal, when he gathers with his disciples beforehand, before he goes into the garden. He then has what is recorded in John's Gospel, an incredibly rich prayer, in John 17. And he prays for, the, for his disciples. He prays for those who will be the apostles to be sent out in the community of faith. He promises them that the Spirit will come as a, as a counsellor, as a, um, a reassurance, a comforter. He'll journey with them in that space. And then at this stage, Jesus says, it isn't just about you. 
my prayer is also not just for you and for those who will go out and who will tell the, the story about what God has been doing in and through Jesus to the glory of God. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, the message that they have heard from the original eyewitnesses of Jesus and those that they shared it to and their families and their communities and those who travelled into other far places. That process of telling the story of Jesus, of God's love revealed in Jesus' mission and ministry, in his person, in the way in which he engaged with communities, that message has continued into the present day. Somewhere along the line, we have heard that message. We may remember who it was who told us. We may not. Very often it's grandmothers, especially in Australian culture. It's often been the grandmothers who have been those who have been uh, uh, custodians of the faith of the next generation. Passing on that message is what has gathered us together and has given us that hope. So we recognise, as Jesus continues, he talks about the Father as righteous Father. And that's a word that we need to try and reclaim. It's not self-righteous. It's not in a sense of, it's all about me. We have a God, we have a heavenly Father who does the right thing. It's actually not a complicated word. To be righteous is to do the right thing. Many years ago, there was a certain jingle that encouraged us to do the right thing. We have a father who does the right thing by his promises, by his commitment to his people, to his family, his commitment to all creation. The God who loved the world so much, who sent his son into the world, is a good and right God. So Jesus knows that when he addresses his father, righteous father. I've made my known name to them and will continue to make it made known. That process now involves us. We have a responsibility as we have heard and as we have been enriched by those who have shared the stories. I remember one of the first ones, the first Bible book I had was building the house on the rock and not on sand. I obviously didn't listen because when I built a house at Clayton Bay, I built it on sand, but the builder told me it actually is a very good foundation. But I remember the story. I can picture it. And the delight of being, growing into those stories in order that the love that you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. If there has been any means of grace through St. Matthew's Church over 175 years within the church, within this village in the neighbourhood and beyond for those who have gone out. It has only been because the love that the Father has for the Son is now in the body of the Son, in his people. We are, in God's grace, means of God's love. And we're not there yet. 175 years. I have said I'm intending to hang around for its bicentenary. Not many rectors have been here for the 
sesquicentenary, the 175th. I think I'll be retired by then. But um, we continue somewhere along that line and that journey. We don't know how close we are or where we are. Those who started out made enormous sacrifices. They committed themselves to the building of a church as a home for people, to be a place of hospitality, a place where people could gather and find refuge and encouragement and be ministered and to learn more about where God is to be found in all the circumstances of life. And so we find ourselves somewhere on those steps, going into a future that at one hand is unknown except for the one who calls us. We are being drawn to follow the one who has gone before us. We live in interesting times. I'm sure it always has been interesting times, but we seem to be in particularly interesting times in terms of not quite sure what lies ahead, not just for us as a church, but for our gathering in Australia and around the world and all the questions that are raised. No one knows exactly what lies ahead, but we know the one who does know, the God of yesterday, today and tomorrow. And there is nothing more exciting than to hear the Spirit beckon us to say, come and keep step with me. We're on this journey. And not just as individuals, that we encourage each other in that space. And if someone stumbles, we say, can I pick you up? Can I give you a hand? Or would you help me? Those moments when it becomes just really hard. And others say, look, we'll cover you in prayer. Just rest. And other occasions when it's the celebrations and the delights and we hear news about grandchildren, we hear news about things that are happening and we join in other people's joy. This is what church is designed to be. But never forget the one in whom we follow. The one who has done more for this world, I believe, than any other person who's known the one who continues to uphold all things and the one who is the most reliable hands to trust in where we lead. Jesus started with a small group, men and women, a whole mixture as they began to gather and to listen and to observe and the word became to break out. Jesus who began to delegate, gave them tasks, so they became part of a team partners with Jesus in this mission and this work. Jesus, who spoke both personally and to communities, spoke to Peter, but in and through Peter, that moment where he offered the forgiveness. This is the moment after Jesus' resurrection on the beach. He asked three times, do you love me? And that word's Lord, you know me, but recalling the three times that Jesus had been betrayed by Peter. He is the one who beckons us forward. He is the one who gives us thanksgiving and delight and purpose and hope. So we come home. You might think it's a reasonable picture. There's an even better one on the, on the glass right behind me for those who can see it. Our stained glass window shows Jesus in the ascension. In our church here, we've actually just moved beyond the ascension. 
But this is Jesus in his glory. Jesus who is now viewing the world, the Father's right hand, knows every one of us personally and knows the whole mission of God that continues in his name through churches like St. Matthew's and the other churches around Adelaide and around our nation and around the world. We are joined into a heavenly company. Yet this is the one who stands his name above all else. It is in the name of Christ that St. Matthew's has been dedicated and is gathered as the people of God. And that is how we shall celebrate this moment by gathering at the Lord's table, receiving the grace, the promises, the assurance he gives and the bread and the wine. And as we receive, we hold and we say yes in God's grace. The letters in the foundation stone that no one knows where they are. If you do know where the foundation stone is, please tell us. <laughs> For generations, there's been much speculation as to where it might be, who might have covered it over with some cement render at some point. Um, we know there was a foundation stone. But it may well have had the letters A-M-D-G. Ad maiorum Dei Gloriam to the greater glory of God. In that spirit, let us celebrate, praise and thanks God for these 175 years and our invitation at God's grace to keep in step with the spirit as we continue to contribute our part into this great story. Amen.